Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for redeeming us. Uh, God, as we uh, are going to talk here in a minute, um, you, you bought us with a price. Uh, God, there is no more ultimate show of exception, being accepted into, into a family than being bought by the blood of Jesus. So God, we ask as we uh, just open your word and we uh, see what it is you have to say to us today, that we can uh, be reflecting and examining ourselves so when we get ready to take communion, uh, we do this in a manner that's worthy to you so we can remember the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. So uh, Jesus, we, we ask that, uh, that um, we can just focus on you. Spirit, we ask that you just help us uh, sit calmly and be able to focus in on what it is that you um, are guiding us into. And Father, we ask that all glory goes to you. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Turn to uh, Genesis chapter 4. So it's the very, very first book in the Old Testament, chapter 4. Most of us can count, and it's 1, 2, 3, 4, right? 1, 2, 3, 4. What we have here is we have the story... Of Cain and Abel. And, and I think that the, the, it, there's a, a story of acceptance in here. Now, before we go any further, this understanding of what acceptance is, we talked a little bit about that. It, it's being received. Now, it's being received with approval or pleasure. So acceptance is that like you're receiving something or someone with approval or being received with approval or pleasure. But what defines where we're to find that? I think that that was what was going on with, with uh, this story here. So, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. We'll, we'll read a little bit, we'll talk a little bit, and then uh, we'll break bread. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife. Do I need to explain that? <laughs> I've known my wife, too. So, um, <laughs> at least three times. Come on, now. It's all right. Hey, we're married. We're, it's, it's okay. So, at, some of you are like, what? Adam had sex with his wife, all right? It's okay. Grow up. Now, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And, she, and again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain, his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. And his face fell. So what does that mean? His face fell. He, he was distraught. He didn't have a wax face and it fell off his face. No, he was just, just distraught. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but 
you must rule over it. Let's pause there for a second. Because here's what, what, what um, Here's what I believe as looking at this text and understanding that, okay, the fall happened, identity crisis is now present in the world because we're no longer um, uh, the, the uh, um, we're, our identity is no longer rooted in God because it's been fractured here. So now there's, there's a seeking out of identity. Where am I supposed to find my identity? Well, here we have a picture of Cain and Abel and they bring these offerings to the Lord. Well, the offerings in which they bring to the Lord, which we both know, if you read passed on into Leviticus, because everybody reads Leviticus before they go to bed, right? If you read on into uh, the, the, the sacrificial laws and everything, these are both good offerings. These are both offerings that are, that, that, um, are approved by, by God. So the question is now, when, why did God say he, he had regard for Abel's and not Cain's? Well, Here's what I believe. I believe because in, later on in the Bible, in 1 John chapter 3, it says that there was evilness inside of Cain's heart when he brought this, this, this offering. I think that if we're going to talk about identity, I think that what we're, we're, we're seeing here is some of the first results of identity crisis is when Abel brought his sacrifice, his offering to the Lord, he came with a pure heart because he knew in his heart where he, his identity was wrapped up in. When Cain came to the Lord, his heart wasn't in it. Yes, he gave of offering, and some of, some of us can say, well, yeah, I, I do this for God, and I do this for God, and I, that, that, that's, that, that's fine. You're doing stuff for God, but that's not what God wants. God doesn't want your stuff. He wants your, your heart. So I, I think that as we, we see here, um, from the beginning, we're, gonna, we're seeing that this identity, figuring out who am I identifying with and how am I supposed to do this, this was a problem. And we're going to see here, um, you can do stupid things, really stupid things when you're trying to be accepted, when you're trying to, to, to fit in somewhere. You can do really, maybe a stupid's a bad word, I may offend you, crazy, right? No, you can do crazy, stupid things when you're trying to be accepted into something. You can do things that you know is not right, but hey, they're doing it and I want to be a part of them, so I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Maybe some of you, like, I, you know, and, and maybe the, the, the young kids need to hear this too, but maybe you can, you can talk to your, your own kids about this. Maybe there's some young men or some young ladies that are doing things um, inappropriate that they shouldn't because they want to be accepted by their, their boyfriend or their girlfriend or, well, they say that they love me. You do some stupid things when you want to be accepted because there is, there, there's no doubt there is an inherent desire in your, inside of you that needs to be filled. But that inherent desire inside of you that, that needs to be filled is only a, 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 a one peg hole, and it's a special peg that fits inside that hole. That, that, that peg that fits inside that hole, what, 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 what will satisfy you and where you're to, to have full and complete acceptance is in Christ. 
So when we see here, um, uh, Cain, he goes on, it says in verse 8, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So just it's kind of escalated, right? It went from Cain just feeling uh, sad to he, he just he, he let it this um, uh, fester. That's a good word, fester inside of him. And it says he rose up against his his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, "Where is Abel, your brother?" He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? How many of you have used that? that uh, I don't know. Am I, am I my brother's keeper? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Do you know? Let's play a game. That's like he, his, what he was doing. He was trying to play a game with God. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Let's pause there for a second. So Cain coming to uh, the, 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 uh, the, the table to offer. He coming to God and he offers his, he gives his offering and it's not acceptable because his heart wasn't, wasn't acceptable. And he let his heart take control and his heart festered into something that, it, it, that we see was stupid, right? His, his, his actions came out and he uh, ended up killing his brother. Why, why did he end up killing his brother? What was the ultimate focus of him killing his brother? Jealous? Because he wasn't accepted. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't accepted. Now, now let's, let's think about this. Let's think about this on a, on a grander scheme here. His offering that was, that was brought was a proper offering. So he came and presented his offering, which was a proper offering, but his heart wasn't, wasn't in it, right? His thought was, if I just give this, God's going to be pleased with me. His heart wasn't there, absolutely. So just, just think about this. Just think about this. So what, what the enemy did in, in, in um, chapter 3 here, a little bit before this, stealing the identity, Cain's identity, was he didn't know what it was. He's like, well, if I just kind of give stuff to God, and then God will love me, and he'll accept me. But what it came down to is all a condition about the heart. It was all a condition to, to, to say... Uh, um, and, and I love saying this because I think it's very, very, very true. God doesn't want your stuff. God doesn't want your money. We already took the offering, so you can't take it back, right? God doesn't want your money. What, what he wants is your heart. And Jesus says you can't, you can't serve God and money. And that's, what, that was, that's a reason why we give to show God your God, not the stuff I've got. It's okay to have our stuff. It's not okay to let our stuff have us, right? But, but his heart, when coming and presenting this, wasn't right. Abel's was. So very early on, we see the effects of what not knowing where your identity is, the effects of how that can be catastrophic to the people around you. 
So, so why do I say that? Do I think that any of you are going to go out inside here and, and, and you know, kill your brother because uh, he's, you know, uh, better at re- reciting or quoting uh, Bible verses than you? No, I'm not, I don't think that. But I think that it, what happens is too long or too many times we, we harbor this unknowing, like, am I accepted by God? Am I not accepted by God? How does this work? And what, what do I do? I mean, I... If I am accepted by God, what does that mean? And how does, this, how does this all play out and everything? Well, that's what I want to really focus on today. Because as a child of God, you are accepted by God. You don't have to wonder. There's no wondering. You, you have probably met many of, of individuals that have, um, you, you've had this, the conversation, it's gotten to that, that, that conversation about uh, their belief in God, and they're like, well, yeah, I believe, and you, well, are you going to go to heaven? Well, I hope so. I hope that God will let me in. And Well, you don't have to wonder, because the Bible is very clear that those who put their faith and their trust in Jesus are children of God. You've been bought by price. Let's look at this. John chapter 1. I think that we need to to just real briefly look at something. And I've done this a hundred times before. But we were not always in a state of acceptance. When we're born, we're not automatically accepted by God. If anybody tells you that, oh, we're all God's children, that, that there's one problem and one problem alone that's wrong with that. Anybody know? The Bible, right. It, the Bible doesn't say that. It, it, it's clear. Now we are all created, God's creation, yes, but we're not all automatically God's children. And I think it's, it's important for us to understand that we were at one point, if we're now God's children, but it, at one point we were not accepted by God. You got to know the bad to know the good. So there, at, at one point, we were not accepted by God. Now, John 1, 12, this is where I always kind of uh, bring us to. It clearly states that we were accepted as a result of receiving and believing in Christ. As a result, as of the result of believing and receiving Christ, it says here, but to all who did receive him, him being, oh, come on now. You want a gold star. Who's him? Jesus. Jesus. Here we go. We're alive now. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That, that, that right, just, just think about the rights in which you have as an American citizen. It's a legal transaction for those who received him, who believed in in his name, him being Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. If everybody was already a a child of God, how can you become a child of God? Doesn't make sense, right? So we, we, we are born in a state of not being accepted, but God has given us the ability and to become accepted, become right with him. There's only one way in which you can be accepted by God. One way. This is what I love about this is what I love about Jesus. Because the Bible is very clear. One way, one way, and one way only. 
This one way is very easy. It's being in Christ, right? So there's only one way in which you can be accepted by God. That's in Christ. That's to believe in Jesus Christ. It's that he has spilt blood, his broken body, the payment for the penalty of sin on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, that my hope is in him. So if my hope, my trust for eternal life is in him, I am in Christ. I have become a child of God. It's not by, okay, doing a whole lot of good stuff. It's not by being a good person. It's not by helping old ladies across the street. It's not by the amount of money we give, the amount of time we do. It's not about anything. Now, are those good things? Yeah, they're good things. But there's only one way to be accepted by God, and that's through his son. But what does that acceptance look like? How does that work? Because I think there's a lot of us who will ask that question. I hear you, and you know what? I believe that, but I'm just, I've always wondered, like, how does this work? If I'm, like, sinful, and God's not, and Jesus paid it all, how does that work? Turn to 2 Corinthians. I love it when you guys ask the questions that I have prepared for. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because what, what, what does being accepted by God look like? It looks like this. Verse 16. From now on, therefore. So here, we need to understand, like, from now on, what's the, what's the turning point here? Well, he has just said that, um, you know, he died for all. Christ died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died or for their sake died and was raised. So he makes a very clear distinction. The apostle here is saying, okay, since Jesus died for you, since your faith and your trust is in him, here, here we go. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. So, yeah, yeah, we used to identify Jesus as just, yeah, he was just a good guy, did a lot of good stuff, regarding him according to his physical attributes and stuff. Paul says, no longer. Now, are all those things true? Absolutely, everything is true. But it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if, if, if two words don't um, stand out to you uh, in, in Scripture as much as these do, then we need, to, we, we need to change that. Because anytime it's talking about being in Christ, this is identifying who you are as a believer in Christ. This is saying, okay, you brother, you sister, you believer here, this, I, I'm talking to you here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The apostle is saying here, okay, so you're having trouble finding your identity. And you're, you, you, all of the, the crap in which you've done in the past to try to find that identity, don't keep focusing on all of that. Because the old has passed away. Behold, the new is here. 
I, I, I love this because I know I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. And, and people try to uh, and want to remind me of those stupid things. And you know what? Can I change any of them? No, I can't change any of them. Am I the man that I should be? Maybe not. I'm not the man that I should be, but I dang sure ain't the man I used to be. Because the old has passed away. Behold, the new is here. I'm a new creation. You, as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, are now a new creation. You have been, well, my favorite, favorite text in Scripture is, you've been transferred from the domain of darkness. Like, so you've been transferred from being in control, being controlled by the devil. You've been transferred into the kingdom of the beloved son. You've been transferred from darkness into light. Because you've been transferred into the light, walk as if you're, as if you're in the light. The apostle here, he, Paul keeps on saying, all this is from God. So I, I love that because he reminds you, it's not what you did. It's not what you did. It's what Christ did for us. That, that lifts a huge burden off of our shoulders because so many times we got to think, i got to do this and i got to do that. No, we have responsibility to live a life that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we cannot pay for our sins. All this is from God, it says, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So he's pleading with them, find your identity in Jesus. Because if you don't find your identity in Jesus, you're going to try to find your identity in everything else. And when you try to find your identity in everything else, you're going to do some crazy things that you're going to regret. He goes on, and this is how we answer the question, like what does being accepted by God look like? Here the... Um, one of those old dead guys said that this is the great exchange. The old dead guy is Martin Luther. Martin Luther said what took place on the cross is the great exchange. And he uses this verse here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 to explain that. He says, for our sake, just think, just think about that. For our sake, who's our? All of us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, for the church, for our sake. And, and as I'm reading this, put, insert yourself in there. So put it in there for, for, for my sake. So for our sake, he made him, the Father made the Son to be sin who knew no sin. So that. In him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. What, what, what does that mean? What, what that means is Jesus had no sin in his life. He lived the perfect life. He lived sinless. But when he was crucified on the cross, he was crucified 
with our sins on him. The Father took the sins of of you and me and put it on his son to pay for the penalty of sin. To to pay, remember, back in the garden, sin that entered into the world that, that fractured the relationship between God and man. Those sins, great and small, great and large, whatever, the, the, the sins in which, which cause separation, all of those sins have been nailed to the tree. That's what Paul tells us in Galatians. All the sins have been nailed to, to the tree. And when, when, they were, when they were put on Christ, and this is the, 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 the beautiful part about this, when they were put on Christ... His righteousness, his right standing before the Father. I get, I get chills just even thinking about this. His right standing before the Father was put on me, was put on you. So how can I stand before, how can I, the, what's that, that song, Cornerstone? Faultless stand before the throne. How can I stand before the throne of God faultless? It's because Christ's righteousness has been put on to me. So when, when the Father looks at me, he sees the Son. Is the Son accepted by the Father? You better believe the Son is accepted by the Father. When Jesus was baptized, God the, the Father said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. If the Creator of the universe, if the Father saying, I'm pleased in Him... And we have put him on. We are in Christ because we're no no longer identified by our sin, but now we're identified by Christ. When he looks at you, he, he says, he's accepted. She's accepted. She's accepted. Because he's seeing Jesus. So we don't have to walk around and, and say, man, I, I, I'm seeking for acceptance in here. I'm see-. You, if you're a child of God, you're accepted by the one who really only matters. Because outside of God, y- yes, yes, I get it. Society is going to come and, and people, are, people are mean. I, I, kids, people say kids are mean. But no, people are mean. People suck, whatever. They're, they're going to say, you need to do this, and you, you need to be a part of this club, and you need to do this. No, no I'm, I'm content to, be, to, to know that I, I am accepted. My acceptance is by God. No one can change that. So when we're, we're looking down through, through this list of, of these, these things on that, that little uh, um, bookmark you got there, it says, I'm, I'm, I'm God's child. Okay, because I'm accepted here now, I'm accepted. I'm, I'm God's child. I'm Christ's friend. I, I have been justified. I am united with the Lord. I think my favorite on this, this list is this one. I am bought with a price. I belong to God. Think about that for a second. Let's turn there. Just turn a couple pages back. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll end with this because we're going to take communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. At the end of 19, but but, uh, all of, of 20 there. It says, you are not your own. Well, I don't like that. I like being in control of my life. Okay, how's that working out for you? 
just saying, you're not your own. That is one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture that I've ever come across because I, you, thank you for me not being my own because I, I, I jack things up. If it was up to me, I would never get into heaven. Amen? <laughs> yes, preacher, you would never get into heaven. Right, I, I get it. Okay. Now, if it was up to me and if it was up to you, you would never get there. But it says, you're not your own for you were bought with a price. Not only were you created as everybody else was created, there's something special about you. Being a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been bought, bought with a price. Not only you're created, you've been bought. Think about that. The one who created everything bought you. Did he need to do that? No, he didn't. But I don't think there's any greater show of acceptance than being bought. And the price in which we were bought with is the blood of Jesus. And, and we worship that risen Savior because he's still not dead. We just celebrated it last week. Since we have been transferred from darkness to light, since we have been bought with the price, since all of this is true, we are to live in the acceptance. We are to live in the acceptance God designed for us. Since all this is true, live in the acceptance that God designed for you. When you live in that acceptance and understand, I am accepted by God, no one can change that. That's where John 10.10 really explodes. That's the life abundantly that we have. And we have that in Christ. I'm going to end here. And what I want us to do is I, I, I want us to take this truth that I am accepted. I have been bought with a price. I want to examine myself. I want to be worthy of, of remembering the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. And I want to, I, me, I want to welcome you all, brothers and sisters, get right, get right with God and partake of this holy sacrament. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, um, wow, Lord, I just, I, I ask that we can just, we can let this truth penetrate our thick skulls, that we're accepted. We don't have to do crazy, stupid things to, to try to be accepted. You accept us because of what Christ has done, and by us putting our trust in him. And God, my, my, my prayer for today is that we just live in that. So no matter what's going on on the outside, no matter how, how crazy things are going on in our lives, we can rest in the fact that my identity is wrapped up in Jesus and what he's already done. 
that I don't have to worry about bringing a special offering to you because the offering that has been brought to you is already is your son and is already pleasing to you. God, as the psalmist says, create me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. God, as we sit here and reflect and prepare ourselves to partake of communion, to remember your broken body and your shed blood, God, let, let us identify sin. Let us confess. Let us repent of that sin. And let us move forward. Let us be worthy. Let us take in a worthy manner. Father God, I, I asked it if there's someone here that is not in a relationship with you that you stir inside them uh, the, the desire that, that's already there, this desire of wanting to be accepted, that, 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 this, this is, that their desire is stirred up towards you and nothing else. For it's in your beautiful name that we pray, Jesus. Amen.